0: And how
1: you play it's all about control. Oh. And if you can take it, it's all about your debt. And if you can pay it, it's all about who's going to make it? I am the game, you don't want to play me. I am control, no way you can shake me. I am heavy death. Welcome no back into another gone. edition of the Fantasy Authority hey, Podcast. I'm your host, Calcet. Like you can find me on Twitter at FantasyRazz13. You know, Join I as always. C Kutzer FF which is where you can find him on Twitter. His name is Cody. What is going on tonight?
0: Not much, man. I, I'm doing well. Got uh got back to the gym for the first time today since all the COVID stuff happened, so feeling feeling swole, out of control, feeling feeling good, had had tacos for dinner. Dude, <laughs> tacos the 101 of uh of all food. Got got a little brewski going. We're gonna gonna talk rankings. My favorite thing in the world. I'm I'm fired up, bro. Let's go.
1: I know, like Let's so. Everybody go. knows, like he has been all up in my DMs, like <laughs> like like all day, like dude. I am fucking psyched about talking quarterbacks, talking rankings. Like it is the absolute. It's a blasty blast, as they say.
0: They do say that. That is that. <laughs> that we have we have determined that is a thing. This is a blasty blast, and it's it's gonna be a blasty blast.
1: Yeah, even, even your boy uh, J Mike has has confirmed that, you know, the the blasty blast, he is team blasty blast.
0: Yeah, I, I think we all are. I yeah. I think that is something we can all get behind is, is team blasty blast.
1: Anyways, alright, so tonight we're going to be talking about some fantasy football quarterback rankings. We're going to start this, uh, we're going to be recording two times a week for the next, well, what, three weeks? Uh, we're going to hit up quarterbacks this week, tight ends on two, or on Thursday. Next week we'll hit running backs, and the week after that we'll hit the wide receivers. So we're planning on having a lot of good conversations out of this. Um, we kind of went through and did our own rankings and everything, so... So that's what we'll be hitting on tonight is the quarterbacks. Uh, If you could, I really appreciate it. Hit that like and subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, If you're listening on podcasts, please uh, hit us up. um, Rate and review. Yeah, rate and review is what it's called um, on your podcast platform. We're pretty much everywhere. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean. Google Google podcast, fucking everything. Who gives a... I mean, nobody cares about that, right? We don't time for that. So if you could hit that, I would really appreciate it. Or you can hit us up in Slack, right? If you want to talk more rankings, more quarterbacks, hit us up in Slack. It's absolutely free. You can find that in the link below. Anyways, so let's go ahead and let's just start, jump right into it, right? Because people are here for the concept. They're not here for us to, uh, you know, market ourselves, right? So with- let's go... So with that, let's go ahead and just jump right into it, right? Let's talk about our top 12 quarterbacks, our consensus top 12 quarterbacks. Um, You can find on our website at thefantasyauthority.com. It's right on the homepage. Uh, You can click the rankings, and you can see exactly what we got going on. Of course, Cody is slacked and only has the quarterbacks done right now. I have all of them done. I have half point and full point PPR, because, and I don't do standard because uh, this isn't uh, 2001. Anyways, let's go ahead and jump into one. Hey, who's surprised? Patrick Mahomes, number one, right? Weird. So for me, we both have Patrick Mahomes, number one. It's pretty simple. It's pretty easy. I know that, that some sort of some people are going to have Lamar Jackson at QB1. I understand. We'll talk about him in a second. But for me, it was pretty simple. Despite the fact that he only played in 14 games, despite the fact that he had a high ankle sprain for the first part of the season, then dislocated his kneecap. Uh, he still was fifth in fantasy points per game. Uh, the dude balled out last year despite that. And I don't know what else there's to say. He he did regress some. I know people were calling for a big regression for him last year. I think the regression had more to do with the fact that he was hurt. Uh, he was still a top five quarterback before up until the point he got hurt. Heading into this season, there is some red flags with him. When people will say that you know the the Chiefs have the toughest quarterback schedule for any quarterback this year, but they do have the eighth easiest schedule for weeks fourteen through sixteen. But overall, it's Patrick Mahomes. He is uh, schedule proof, right?
0: Yeah, I mean he's one of those guys where you don't you don't look into who he's playing, what the schedule is. The only thing you worry about with him is the is the ADP and whether or not you want to spend that early capital. But like you said, it's it's pretty cut and dry with Mahomes. He is he is the the number one uh going right now with an ADP of two oh five. So just a quick aside and we'll then we'll move on down the list. Are you spending that capital on Patrick Mahomes? Are you gonna be drafting him at the Mid to to early second.
1: No, I mean we, we talk we talk about it all the time, right? And it's going to happen. People are going to take him. People are going to take him and Patrick or him and Lamar Jackson. Both of them are going in the second round. To me, that's a little bit ridiculous, in my opinion, to take him either one of them in the second round unless we're talking super flex, it's a different ball game, but if we're talking about single quarterback. We say it every year, late round quarterback, late round quarterback, late round quarterback. I don't know why these guys haven't been pushed down further because of, it's just become so standard now with late round quarterback, but no, I will have zero Patrick Mahomes. I will have zero Lamar Jackson. The only time I would be playing them is in the DFS streets.
0: At what point would Mahomes have to get to, like, when is the earliest that you would pull the, pull the trigger on a quarterback that early?
1: fourth round I think I think that that would be like if somehow he fell and I was in a draft where people were like-minded like me and waited on quarterback if he fell somewhere in the fourth then I would probably consider it but second round there's way too much there I would much rather draft a quarterback and a running back we don't like to spend a lot of time on that because I think everybody pretty much knows that for the most part however there's going to be people that are going to take them now there, there are some people let's move on to Lamar Jackson you have Lamar Jackson at two I have him at three and so which for some people that may be hot or coming in a little hot with Lamar Jackson. We'll talk about that in this. Well, let's talk about him now, I guess. So, r- last night he had... Or last night. Last year, he had a fucking unbelievable season, right? He he finished the first in fantasy points per game, 27.8. It wasn't even close to the next guy Uh in, in terms of... I think he had four or five more points a game than what everybody else did. He was essentially like an RB1 with a quarterback, right? Because he had 36 passing touchdowns, 1,200 rushing yards, seven rushing touchdowns, 27 red zone carries. He was number two in true passer rating, fifth and average area yards. Like the dude just balled last year. Right. I don't like talking about regression because I think it's ridiculous. Like, yes, he is going to regress. Like that's not surprising. If anybody expects, he's going to throw for 3600 or 36 touchdowns along with 1200 rushing yards. It's not going to happen. He's going to, he's going to fall a little bit more back down to earth a little bit. I'm not expecting a huge drop off or anything like that, where he's, Oh, he's not going to be draft. He, he's not going to be a top 12 quarterback. No, I have my QB three. There's a reason I have Dak Prescott ahead of him. But for me, I love Lamar Jackson. I won't have any of them because he's going in the second round. And to be honest with you, I would much rather have Dak Prescott who's going in the sixth round.
0: Yeah, that's uh I, I could easily be persuaded to to make that same move and put put Dak at two. That, like you said, the thing with Lamar is that regression is gonna it's gonna happen. Uh nine percent touchdown rate last year. So I went back and looked at just like the past couple of years to see how this changes and if it changes. Uh, 2016, Matt Ryan was the only quarterback that had a uh, had a touchdown percentage over seven. Uh, 2017, it dropped down to 3.8, and then in 2017, Wentz was the only one with a with a touchdown rate over seven percent. It was at seven and a half. Following year went to 5.2. 2018 was the the year that Patty Mahomes busted out. He had that 8.6 percent touchdown rate. Following year went down to 5.4. So it's just something that's going to happen. It's just a natural thing, you know. I mean, when when you have a, a quarterback with that high of a touchdown rate, how far is it going to drop? That's that's yet to be seen. I do think with the way that they've been using Mahomes, I mean Mahomes, the way they've been using Lamar Jackson in Baltimore is that they seem to be bringing him along the correct way, right? Like his rookie year is basically just all running minimal passing. They added, they added a little bit more. So if, if he can grow that a little bit next year, I think that might soften the blow, but DACA too. I like if, I I don't understand if someone's saying that that is a, that's a hot take or, you know, that it shouldn't be that way. I could easily get behind that because of the, the regression that's definitely going to be hitting
1: Jackson. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be significant. I, I don't think he rushes for twelve hundred yards like that was incredible. Um, that's not something I don't think we'll we'll see again anytime soon. I think it's more likely he hit he lands in the seven eight hundred rushing yards, which is still fucking fantastic. Like right? people need to understand right. that, right? Like that is still really good. But, like so, I think a couple of that. I think he we you, you see a, a drop off in touchdowns as well, where in, in the passing touchdown department. He, maybe he lands in the twenty five to twenty seven. Still a great season. But for me, that's why I have him a little bit lower because I feel like Dak Prescott um, really has nuclear upside in in terms of this season. It wouldn't be surprised if he finishes the QB1, right? For many years, Dak has always been kind of the, the overlooked guy, right? People are just ever super excited about drafting him. But, I mean, last year he was fantastic, third in fantasy points per game. He was second in deep ball completion percentage, fifth in deep ball attempts. And, and, and to be honest with you, I mean, he was second in passing yards, second in their yards, 30 passing touchdowns last year, 277 rushing yards. He's, he's kind of like the total package, right, with, with what you get with him. So not to mention the fact that they brought in C.D. Lamb, they they, they shipped out Randall Cobb, made a big upgrade there, the their number three wide receiver or number two wide receiver, however it shakes out. Jason Witten was lost. They did lose Travis Frederick. They brought in Mike McCarthy. They said they're not going to touch the offense, but this offense is pretty much the same. I think there's a lot of room to grow. Throw in C.D. Lamb, not to mention the fact that they have the second best schedule for quarterbacks as well. Dak Prescott does. I really like Dak Prescott a lot. Like I said, sixth round. Like I would start to think about it. If he was sitting there in a draft in the sixth, seventh round for me. I I would be a little tempted not to take him. I'm typically a guy that doesn't draft a quarterback until the tenth, eleventh, twelfth round, or maybe even later, fifteenth round, depending on how the draft shakes out, depending on who's on the board. If he was sitting there in the sixth, seventh round, I would have I would have a hard time not considering it.
0: Yeah, like you said, that's that's something when it comes to me and taking a, a quarterback early like that, it's all gonna depend on what the majority of the the other guys are doing. Like you can chances are you're not gonna be in a draft where nine, ten other games, ten other guys are playing the uh the quarterback chicken game of, you know, who doesn't wanna take one first. But if you're in a if you're in a draft like that and you have somebody like Dak sitting at at in the seventh round, I will I will happily take him there. Last year, five hundred and ninety-six attempts. I think it's going to be around the same, even with those uh, the losses that you mentioned. That's one hundred and ninety targets up for grabs. So, even with with Lamb coming in, you know, there is still all those targets available. You mentioned the line. Um, I I think that's uh, that that is an easy thing to see with Dak possibly finishing as as quarterback one.
1: Yeah, not to mention the fact that if you just kind of look at the consistency with him as well, so last year he had 12 QB1 weeks. I mean, Lamar Jackson had 13, so they weren't that far off in terms of, and that's kind of what you're looking for in terms of, because as you get further down this list, you start finding a lot of quarterbacks who are very – inconsistent where they may only have seven or eight QB1 weeks where you know if you were to draft these guys and you're holding on to them all year there's going to be certain weeks where they're just not you know they weren't necessarily as as valuable as some of these other guys so obviously that that's that is one of the upsides I guess of, of taking a quarterback a little bit earlier because even Patrick Mahomes who we mentioned was hurt had 10 QB1 weeks and four QB2 weeks which Dak had 12 QB1 weeks four QB2 weeks and then Lamar Jackson had 13 QB1 weeks 10 of those were top five QB weeks. So, I mean, that's just how how uh, amazing he was last year. So, let's go ahead and move on to our number four, uh, and that is Kyler Murray. I like Kyler Murray a lot, right? Like, I, I kind of went back and forth for me between Kyler and, and Russell Wilson. Yep. I think both of them are fantastic. But with Kyler, I like a little bit more. I think they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. I don't think their defense is going to be as good, and I think they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. And so, with him, I think there's a lot of room to grow with Kyler. Uh, last year he was seventh. He was twelfth in fantasy points per game, fourteenth in fantasy points per dropback, but he was sixth in deep ball completion percentage, ninth in deep ball attempts. However what really carried him last year was his rushing ability as well, because he only had 20 passing touchdowns, but in 3,700 yards passing, but he did have 544 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns. So they added DeAndre Hopkins. I think all that helps Kenyon Drake. I think this offense just kind of takes another step forward this year, really high volume, high passing offense. And that's what we're looking for. He has that Konami code, you know, shout out Rich Rebar with that one every time, but I mean, that's kind of what you're looking for from your fantasy quarterback. And somebody that, that possesses that kind of upside, with the fact that he's able to um, ru- or excuse me use his legs as well. So I mean I love Kyler Murray and I, I just have him slightly above because I like the weapons a little bit more and I think they're just a team that's gonna have to throw the ball a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I mean I agree that's uh, that's something that we have been talking about all off season is the especially with the addition of Hop, is that we think we see that you know the the Kingsbury offense implemented a little bit more and more vertical shots. Uh, It's kind of thought it's what we thought we were going to be getting with Kingsbury coming in anyway. Kyler last year just had he only had five QB one weeks, but he still finishes QB seven overall. Like I said, we've been talking about the the vertical shots coming in more. He was fifteenth in completed air yards and eighteenth in pass attempt distance. So I see both of those going up. And if he can, you know, obviously if the increase in his QB one weeks come up, he's gonna he, he could be easily looking at a QB two three kind of finish in twenty twenty.
1: I think there is a lot to like there with him. So Russell Wilson again is just always undervalued in terms of the NFL the by by his own damn team let's be honest right like they they just continually have wasted this man's career away they've never really fully unleashed him um for multiple seasons i never have understood why he's arguably the second or third best quarterback in terms of talent in the league in my opinion for sure and he is always so damn efficient like last year he was his his 20.4 fantasy points per game was fifth he was fifth in fantasy points per drop back uh he averaged eight air yards per attempt, which was eighth. Uh, he just does everything really well. He doesn't rush the ball as, as much as he used to, but he still had 342 rushing yards, which was six most and three rushing touchdowns. As we mentioned, we know that Seattle wants to run the ball. That is their name of their game. They brought in Carlos Hyde, another running back. That that's just what they needed. And then they decided to bring in Greg Olson to that, that offense. But as we talked about with Tyler Lockett, which we'll talk about when we get to wide receivers, which to me feels very undervalued this year. And then DK Metcalf. So there's a lot to like here with this offense. Obviously Russell Wilson. If you wanted to put him at three, you wanted to put him at four. I wouldn't hate you for it. I just, I just had Kyler Murray slightly above him.
0: That was, that was the same one I kept going back and forth on as well. And I, you know, maybe I will be buying into this too much, but I'm fully, I'm fully on board with the squeaky wheel narrative. Like, we've never seen Russ actually talk out and, you know, mention, like, we should be, you know, running a faster pace. We should be throwing the ball more. And I do think that he has enough of Pete Carroll's respect that Pete Carroll might bend a little. Like, I don't think they're going to become some crazy run and gun, high octane, you know, crazy offense. But if they just if they increase that a little bit, man, like that, like you were talking with how efficient he's been his entire career. Uh, we were talking. I was talking about the touchdown percentage a little bit earlier, and how that tends to, like fluctuate kind of all over the board with some quarterbacks. Uh, in his career, he has only had two years with a sub six percent touchdown percentage. So they're like, if if they would just open this up just a little bit, like three, four, five more attempts per game, I think that can go a long way with Russ Wilson. He's someone else who could easily be up there in that QB two, QB three conversation by the end of the year.
1: Oh, for fantasy, for
0: fantasy purposes,
1: yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he could win the MVP. I mean, the dude's a beast, and it, it's just been the he's fact so that, good. And then it, it doesn't it doesn't help either that they've never surrounded him really with a good offensive line. His no, you know, those, their offensive line was twenty eighth in, in pass protection last year. I mean, there's every year it's like this, and it's like they don't ever care about their offensive line. I, I've never understood it, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that that Russell Wilson has been such a magician back there and can escape the pocket he's been able to do all these things and, and kind of carry the offense. So they've been able to kind of invest in other, other positions on the field. So I don't know, eventually it's going to come back to haunt him. He, he could end up getting seriously hurt one day. I hope not. I love Russell Wilson. So I don't know, but yeah, so we have him at QB five. I think when we differ a little bit here, because I have our, our consensus right now is drew Brees at QB six, right? Mm-hmm. I believe you have him a little lower. Don't you?
0: Yes, I believe I have him at 8 or 9. Let me uh yeah, let me pull these nine. here. Yep, I got
1: I got him up. QB6, yeah, you have him at QB9. This is another one that I kind of went back and forth with on how I wanted uh how I was going to do this, but I still think Drew Brees has a lot left in the tank. Um he played in 11 games last year. We know he missed some time. Teddy Bridgewater filled in for him, but he was still fantastic last year. I mean, he still finished with 20.4 fantasy points per game, which was fifth. Um on a team that that was kind of middle of the road with 37.9 pass pass plays per game they're very um a very balanced offense but i mean the only thing that he that he didn't i mean he, You could say that last year they didn't throw the ball deep. He didn't throw the ball deep as much. He only had 33 deep attempts, which was 30th in the league. However, obviously some of that's factoring in the fact that he missed five games, but he was still 42.4 deep ball completion percentage. His 112.0 true passer rating of those weeks that he played seven were QB one weeks, only two QB two weeks and one QB three week, which I think was one of the weeks when he got knocked out. There was still lots of like with Drew Brees. They obviously brought in another wide receiver with Emmanuel Sanders, Uh, Everybody, All the pieces are still there. Michael Thomas, obviously. Alvin Kamara, we'll see what happens with him as long as he doesn't hold out. So this whole offense is still intact. They have a pretty decent schedule. So I like Drew Brees a lot. I thought about going with somebody else like a Carson Wentz here, but I ended up going with Drew Brees.
0: I don't hate that. For me, the whole thing is uh, his attempts have just been dropping uh, for the past couple years. Obviously, last year he didn't play a full 16. Uh, but since he had joined the, since he had joined the Saints, he had never had. Excuse me. He only had two years, and so since that that was since 2006, whenever he got to New Orleans, uh, he only had two years under 600 pass attempts up until the past three years, where 2017 536, 2018 down to 489. Last year, 378, but like I said, that was only through 11 games. So I think that's just something that's going to continue. Like we're not going to see him up at the 650, 620 range going forward. Uh, with Camara, he was apparently injured last year. I think they want to lean on that run game a little bit. That defense is still strong. So that that to me is just why I don't see him up in that top six range. He's not that far off. Like That's, that's probably like a, a close clustered tier to me. But like I said, I, I just don't think the attempts are going to be there. And if you're banking on him getting 72% completion percentage again, which is obviously well within his means, um, that's, that's just not something I typically want to bank on is having somebody be one of the most efficient quarterbacks and accurate quarterbacks that we've, we've seen in quite some time. But it, I just a quick side note, because you, sir, got your Scott Fishbowl invite today, so we can we can stop that sweat. But with the uh, with the scoring system that has come out for the Scott Fish Bowl, uh, Drew Brees is going to be someone who's really interested. Like, I'm really interested to see how early he goes because of the points given and taken away with completions and incompletions. Just a little little side note.
1: But let's talk about Carson Wentz. Who you have at six, like I said, I could have kind of went either way on, but you have Carson Wentz at six. I mean, last year it's kind of tough, right? Because he was thirteenth in fantasy points per game, forty point six pass plays per game, which was seventh most. He was tenth in deep attempts, nineteenth in deep ball completion percentage. There's some other things to talk about here because I mean, he considering the fact that he threw for four thousand yards, he was ninth in air yards, twenty-seven passing touchdowns, which was fifth, which was fifth most but he 17th and adjusted air yards per attempt. But he had the 32 drought passes for him, which was sixth most in the league. And I think you look at that and a lot of it had to do with the fact that they didn't fucking have nobody to throw the ball to. Right. It was Zach Ertz. That is correct. Goddard, right. Alshon Jeffrey was hurt. Deshaun Jackson was hurt. They were out here running JJ Ortega-Whiteside, Greg Ward, my man, my, my DFS <laughs> God that, that, that came alive in the, in the, in the playoffs and or down the stretch and in the playoffs they didn't have anybody. So you have to sit here and at least give him some credit for what he was able to do in the season. He was able to put together with yep. that. And now you factor in this year that they've went out and invested heavily in the wide receiver position, not just Jalen Rager, but they added two other wide receivers as well. And so you, you factor all that stuff in out, you know, and, and Doug Peterson continues to talk about Alshon Jeffery. He did so again today saying that there, he's really impressed with the, what he's able to do this off season and getting himself healthy. Uh, we'll see when he comes back. We still have time. Alshon really very well could be ready by week one. We'll see. I think there's still a better chance he ends up on the pup. You know, they're still going to have Alshon, Deshaun Jackson, Jalen Rager, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. Like, all those pieces are there, and if they can stay healthy, like, there's room here that Carson Wentz could, Carson Carson Wentz (laughs) could end up being a top five quarterback, and I think that's pretty easy to see.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, what I'm buying into here is a a bounce back, and with everything that, that went wrong for them last year he still had a super respectable year in terms of fantasy wise I mean half of his games he he was a he was a QB one during the season Alshon and Nelson Aguilar were third and fourth in targets on that team and neither of them played more than 11 games Miles Sanders was third on a team with reception and receiving yards like he had two tight ends leading that team now granted two super uh super talented tight ends at you know they deserve all that, but I mean, I think Rager provides a huge boost to that to that receiving core. If Deshaun Jackson can be healthy, uh, Marquise Goodwin can. You know, I might be more of a uh, more of a DFS kind of Darthur kind of play. Apparently, J-Jaw was super banged up. I, I mentioned this a couple of times to the point where like he had trouble getting out of bed in the morning. Like he needed help getting to the bathroom and stuff. So if he can improve on his on his year last year. Uh, like I said, obviously still with two tight ends. The the one thing I will say is losing uh Brooks is gonna be a huge blow to uh to that team. Their their guard who is perennially you know a, a top five guy in terms of PFFs grades. So that that will be a big blow to them, especially at this time of the year and with everything that is slash is not going on because of the because of COVID and Corona and all that. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how much that affects them. But I just think with, with the improvements they've made and if, if some of those guys can take a step up, that's going to be a huge boost. And he, he's someone who, when he is healthy, he's been one of the, one of the best quarterbacks in this league. And I think if, if he can stay healthy for you know, 14, 15, 16 games, he's another guy who I could easily see that I would not be surprised about if they're in the, in the top three fantasy finishes at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, then I think you look at them and you say that the fact that um, – what was I going to say? I fucking forgot what I was going to fucking say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. So we'll, we'll see with that, right? I don't fucking know where I was going with that. Uh, I clearly had something to say. I really did. But uh, anyways, let's just move on. Let's move on, right, uh, after I fuck that up. So Deshaun Watson, right? He is the kind of the wild card. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. Especially with Carson Wentz going in the ninth round, I think with the value that you're able to get from him and the upside that he brings with the table is what I was gonna say. I think ninth round is is a uh, a little a little late for him. Uh, so if he's still going in the ninth round, when I, whenever I'm on the board, like it's gonna be again another guy that's gonna be really hard for me to pass on just because I think he has some significant upside. So let's go on to Sean Watson. Uh, last year, the the biggest obvious the thing uh, loss here is. DeAndre Hopkins, right? You lose him, they they hey, well they did replace him though with Randall Cobb. So there is that, right? So that's not a huge drop off or you know or anything like that. But with Deshaun Watson, his 21.2 fantasy points per game were second most. He was fifth in fantasy points per drop back. They also brought in David Johnson and It's going to be, he's, he's so tough to, to look at because one, Will Fuller can never stay healthy. So if Will Fuller gets hurt, that now what are we running out here? Right. And there's just so many red flags with Deshaun Watson. Like I really like Deshaun Watson, but let's be honest, the Texans and mainly Bill O'Brien has really fucked over this entire offense and hasn't really maximized what they should be doing with, with a quarterback who was on his rookie contract. Right. And really trying to surround him with as much talent as possible. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins was already there, but bringing in some other options and some other talent there. Instead, it's just been a wild ride with this. With this, and they continue to give Bill O'Brien more and more opportunities and more and more power here. So for me, I kind of went back and forth with with how I was going to do with with Deshaun Watson because I mean I could see myself dropping him down a little bit further, but I have him at seven. You have him at eight. Like I said, is that kind of where you were with Deshaun Watson?
0: Yeah, I mean there there's just so many unknowns with I mean with that receiving group in general. And then you add in the health issues. I mean, nothing exciting at tight end either. They have a couple of guys who seem to like trade off weeks and they're injured as well. There's a there's a legitimate chance we could be looking at Randall Cobb and Kenny Stills as the number one and two receiver by the end of the year. If Cooks takes one wrong hit, he could be done. If Fuller bangs up his hamstring again or has those lingering soft tissue issues, he, he could be out for, for weeks. And, you know, a, a guy like that, who he's not just a speed guy, but that is a big part of his game. Now you're adding in a, a lingering hamstring injury. Who knows how effective he would be if he's trying to bounce back. So th- this is the year where we're going to find out just how good Deshaun Watson. I think he can elevate this room, but man, if, if one or two of those guys go down and you're look like I said, you're looking at Kenny Stills and uh, Randall Cobb is the one and two at the end of the year, that's uh, that's tough, man.
1: The one upside that I will say Deshaun Watson still has for him is the Konami code that he still um, is for able sure. to, to use his legs. He had 413 rushing yards, seven rushing touchdowns last year, and he was fourth in rush attempts among quarterbacks. So 16 red zone carries. So, so there is that as well that kind of elevate him a little bit. I think he's going to be running the ball a little bit more than what he's used to. So we'll see how this plays out here with this team. I don't have a lot of faith. I think this defense is going to be really bad as well in Houston. So they've tried about everything they could do to throw away every draft pick that they could get. So I don't know. So I think we're kind of on the same page with, with Deshaun Watson as well. Now, here is kind of where we differ a little bit among our rankings, because for me, I have well Matt Ryan comes in at nine, but I have him at 10 and you have him at seven. So talk to me a little bit about Matt Ryan.
0: Yeah, I I think, you know, we were talking about um, Russell Wilson just being one of those guys who just seems to be undervalued year over year, and I think it's the same thing with Matt Ryan. If you look at what he's done basically over his whole career now, he does seem to kind of have that thing where it's just like, you know, like a, a QB 2 season followed by like a QB 13 and a QB 3 and then a QB 11, you know, one of those kind of things, but there's even though they added Todd Gurley, are still questions with the run game and how effective that's going to be. And if Gurley goes down or misses any, you know, any extended periods or a couple weeks here and there, we've seen you know, we saw it last year that there's not much they're going to be able to rely on there. The he was I think he was second or third in the league in terms of completion percentage from a from a clean pocket. And that was with that offensive line kind of being banged up and moved around. Uh, you know, a couple of pieces moving around here and there. So if that offensive line can come together, that's obviously going to be a huge help for him and the run game. Uh, they they have the defensive additions that, you know, it's, it's going to improve that unit, but they're still not going to be a shutdown group by any means. That's a high octane division. I, you know, this, this is just something where I see the, the attempts and his history with Dirk Cutter as the, as the OC has, they've always been a, a, a pass first kind of offense. It's not going to stop here. Uh, obviously with Hayden Hurst coming in to fill the role for Austin Hooper last year. I, I love that addition for that team. So that's just something where I think you have Julio, you have Calvin Ridley, who some people are talking about. I know you're really high on him. I think Evan Silva has him as like uh wide receiver eight or something. He has him as a, as a top 10 guy this year going along with Julio Jones. So I just love this offense in general. And obviously Matt Ryan is going to be the, the driving force behind that. So he's someone that I'm uh, I'm super high on. I was uh, I was a little surprised to see that uh where he was landing in terms of the uh of fantasy pros consensus rankings. I thought I was going to be much higher on Matt Ryan compared to the field, but as of right now, he is the consensus QB8. So, I mean, obviously you're not too far off of him. You only have a couple spots down. I only have him a couple uh, I only have him one spot higher, but I was I, I was a little surprised to see that. What where, do, you, do you have concerns, or are they just uh, the other guys you like ahead of him just a little bit better?
1: There are things that I really like, and obviously, like like you mentioned, is the fact of how bad that defense is. I think the division they play is going to play a factor with how much they're going to have to throw the ball. They were already first in plat, past, pay, past plays per game last year. The, there is some things that worry me a little bit. I don't put too much stock into into schedules. But, I mean, they do have a very tough schedule this year. It's the 30th hardest schedule among quarterbacks. quarterback. I think that plays somewhat of a factor into it. To be honest with you, I mean, you look at him, and last year there was supposed to be really a smash year for him. I mean, he finished 10th with 17.7 fantasy points per game, but he was 3rd, .38, which was 22nd in fantasy points per drop back. Now, it hurts him the fact that he does not really use his legs. Uh, only 147 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. He, obviously, he's not somebody that's ever known for that. But, I mean, he 26 passing touchdowns, uh, his 4,400 passing yards, which we know that the dude fucking crushes. I think he had, like, 10 300-yard games last year. But he only had six QB one weeks last year, which was a little surprising me when I started really looking into it. Eight QB two weeks and one QB three week last year. And that's kind of what you expect with, with Matt Ryan. Like, I don't think he is somebody that – I like, I wouldn't hate to have him, like, if I ended up getting him, if I could get him in, like, the – 10th or 11th round or something like that. I wouldn't hate it at all. I like the weapons with Julio and Calvin Ridley and Hunter, Hunter Hearst. I think the passing volume is going to be there. But just efficiency sometimes kills me. And he has never been very good in terms of red zone. I mean, last year he was uh, 36th in red zone completion percentage last year, which is a bit of a, um issue with him. Obviously, Julio has never been a guy who's gotten many opportunities. You always wonder. You know, I, it's, I, I've never thought it was a Julio thing. Uh, That would be ridiculous. I've always kind of thought it's been something that's hurt Matt Ryan. So we'll see. And then with the addition with Todd Gurley, I think that does help the offense a little bit with what they had last year at the running back position. So I do like Matt Ryan, but some of these other guys I like a little bit more. And one of them for me is uh, Matt Stafford, right? I think I'm higher on him than just about anybody I've seen. I have him at QB eight. And you have him at QB 10, which isn't that low, which is probably still higher than probably most of the consistence on Matt, on Matt Stafford. But I absolutely love some Matthew Stafford this year. Um, if you go back, now it was a very small sample size. There have been eight games. He averaged 20.8 fantasy points per game. His fantasy points per drop back was fifth best. He also, he had a t- top five quarter. He was top five quarterback in six of eight weeks last year. So there's really a lot to like here with this team and they, they pretty much bring the entire offense back. They added DeAndre Swift, obviously. So I really like Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford's another one of those guys that can, is always undervalued, always underlooked. Like, he is going ridiculously low right now in terms of, of where I think he should be going. I think he's going, like, uh, in the 10th round in terms of ADP, 10th or 11th round. I just think that's a little bit ridiculous with some of the guys that are going ahead of him. I, th- I think he he's uh, kind of a lock as a QB1, right? And, I like, what I'm drafting, like, He's the first guy, well, if I'm you know, in the late, later rounds, that I am locking in that I want to get my hands on.
0: Yeah, I really like Stafford this year as well. Uh, you were talking about his ADP a little bit. At, uh, as of right now, that is at 10.02, coming off at as QB 13, according to FF Calculator. Um, if you look at what he was doing last year, he was QB 6 through Week 9, and obviously he had the injury. Uh, QB 3 in points per game. He averaged 36 attempts per game. Uh he he's someone who uh you know you're not gonna get too much disagreement out of me. He's someone I also really like. Uh obviously our, our guy Derek Brown is also high on him as well. Um then if you look at so you're talking about him kind of being all over the place and a lot of people being low on him, looking at the fantasy pros consensus. Uh the his highest rank was eight. So I'm sure that is you. And his lowest is 18. So kind of all over the board. Like I said, QB thirteen in uh in mock drafts right now. And he, he's someone I really like. And I think if somebody like TJ Hawkinson can take a step forward, obviously DeAndre Swift is is a really nice addition for the uh for the passing game as well. And it is as well as a running game. And our guy Nate Henry, our our resident Detroit Lion fan, was on. I think it was the uh during the during the live draft show, and he was talking about some of the uh, some of the losses that they've been having across the offensive line. That defense still isn't going to be great, even even with the addition of Akuto Obviously, they lost um, Slay to the Eagles, so I think we're going to see the kind of the same thirty-two to thirty-six pass attempts per game. And as long as he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be someone who smashes what his uh, current ADP is.
1: I completely agree on that. So, um, I mean, he was on pace, like I said, for 5,000 yards and 36 passing touchdowns before he got hurt. So there is a, a lot to like with Matt Stafford. Let's go ahead and jump on to the old man, right? They all Twitter today, they, they released his uh, photos with the Bucks. Uh, now he's tried them on with Tom Brady. Looked a little weird. I'm not going to lie, seeing Tom Brady in a Bucks uniform was weird, especially not one that was photoshopped. He is kind of an interesting guy this year because I, I don't know. So if you look at him last year, I think most people consensus with him last year that he was fucking horrible, right? He kind of was. Um he even though I think he finished as a QB1, he was 16.4 in fantasy points per game, 18th in fantasy points per dropback, um 88.6 true passer rating which was 17th. It should be mentioned that they had no weapons last year. They had Nothing. Josh Gordon for a little bit of time, Antonio Brown for a week, and then it was Julian Edelman And a bunch of nobodies, right? I'm Nikhil Harry, but Nikhil Harry didn't come. He was set out for a lot of the year because of injury. However, but if you look, so last year, Tom Brady was QB1 for six weeks. None of those were after week eight. He was a QB2 or worse in every week following that. So he had a really hot start to the season and then really fell off. However, we're putting him in Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. OJ Howard and Rob Gronkowski and Scotty Miller, who Tyler Johnson is also there as well um, with the running backs and everything else. Like there's a lot of like here with, with Tom Brady's situation, but it is again, we're talking about a quarterback who is 43. He, he's he's kind of a tough guy to judge, but I know a lot of people have said that Mike Evans is going to be dead. If you look at his deep ball last year, I mean, he was 41.7 deep ball completion percentage um which was top 10 in the league so i mean he still can air it out the deep ball a little bit so we'll see how this works out with him but where are you on Tom Brady
0: I like it, man the the only thing that's that's kind of holding me back from that is just his uh his price he is going in the 8th round at, as QB10 if if he falls a little bit i would like that i would like that price more and i'd be more intrigued from from kind of what i've seen so far is more of brady is going to Going to try and to fit into what Arians does instead of vice versa. And we've seen what that offense has been. Uh, you you just mentioned some of his deep passing. Uh, I think he was like 13th in deep attempts last year. So he, he can still sling it. Um 613 attempts last year, had close to 602 years prior to that. So I still think he has a little bit of tank uh left. I don't I don't think he's toast yet. Look at somebody like Chris Godwin and what he's going to be able to do underneath, along with Gronk, along with the other tight ends they have. So it's, that's nothing that I'm, I'm too too worried about. I, it, like I said, I to me it just comes down to his price right now. I would rather wait a little bit and get somebody like Stafford or Carson Wentz, uh, other than Tom Brady at the at their respective prices. But I'm I'm excited to see what Brady can do. Like you said, last year was did statistically it does not look like a good year but he literally had nothing on that team to to help him out and that is gonna be the complete opposite um you know i'm I'm not much of a of a historian when it comes to to fantasy football but i mean is has there ever been a time that he's had this many weapons surrounding him to this extent obviously he's had you know he had randy moss for a little bit and you know what i mean a couple of guys like that hernandez and gronk for a little bit but top to bottom has it has there been a year like this for for brady
1: well i mean so then they also had wes welker in that year with randy moss right um that's probably the best year i mean that's probably the best weapons that he's had i think you can make maybe you can make a case whenever it was you know Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski, but I I don't know. Like I think this is a pretty. I think this might be the best collection of talent that he's had since he's been in the league.
0: And future Hall of Famer Keyshawn Vaughn, obviously.
1: Yes, showing up. Yep, Ding, ding, (laughs) ring the bell, ring the Keyshawn Vaughn bell. You know, you can't have a podcast not talking about Keyshawn Vaughn, right? But no, I was. I'm
0: really surprised I had to be the one to to bring him up.
1: Well, to be honest, sometimes, sometimes you got to do it, but I hate the ADP, right? Eighth round. I, I, that, I yeah, can't mess with that. I can't I, uh, do it. Uh-uh. No, I'm, I'm out on that. So, so look, let's move on. And th- this is another one where um I have Josh Allen. So I don't know if you made a change because now I see that it's Aaron Rodgers here, but I have Aaron Rodgers at 11th. You have him at 14. So for me. Like it's tough because I go back and forth on Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers was not great last year. We know that, but it was also it wasn't necessarily him. It was also more the fact that they ran the ball a lot and they they kind of took the ball out of his hands at times. So for you, you are lower on him th- than I am. Um, are you? Cons- w- what is your concerns with Aaron Rodgers? Is it the fact that you don't think they're going to throw the ball enough, or what is it?
0: Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think it's the fact that they they didn't do anything. Every time,
1: and if you love the filet o fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: Ba 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 As much as I love Alan Lazard, they—you know—I mean—they didn't add anything. Like they didn't do anything to help him out in terms of that. I think Adams is obviously set up to smash this year. I think he—he he should be the—the the clear. Receiver two, receiver three coming off the boards behind Michael Thomas, like they, they just haven't done enough. And they they seem like they're like Lafleur wants to be someone who is more balanced. Obviously, they went out and got A.J. Dillon and kind of blew all of our minds after the uh, after the Jordan Love pick as well. So that it just, it just seems to me like they're they're going to rely on the on the run game for whatever reason, and they're you know I mean they're not going to be putting the ball into Aaron Rodgers' hands as much. So that that to me is I'm I'm just not sure. I'm not sure how many more attempts he's going to have, and then behind Adams and Lazard, I, there's nothing there that I'm that I'm all that excited about.
1: Would you be would you be surprised if I told you he was they were actually eighth in the league in attempts last year? And then you may you may think to yourself because that's what I would think is that well well those are probably a lot of short uh, you know dump offs and stuff like that because they weren't able to stretch the ball. But that, I mean he was actually number two in deep ball attempts and he was ninth in average depth of target last year. It just
0: um, doesn't feel the same for for whatever reason. You know what I mean? Like I like I know that he was he he was still up there with attempts, but like like I don't I don't know man. Like something just like. Doesn't feel the same with that offense. I, I don't know what it is. There's nothing statistical I have to to really back this up. It's it's more of a more of like a gut feel. And I, like I said, I don't know what it is, but like you don't something think that just,
1: you. I mean, I know this is like completely narrative, but you don't think you're going to get pissed off? Like, let me show you, motherfuckers, who who just drafted my backup. Why I'm still the man, Aaron Rodgers, because Aaron Rodgers is definitely that guy. Like he's I see, there's a lot of players that probably wouldn't be that guy who are gonna come out and do that, but he's that guy. He's that guy that I'm gonna shove it down your throat and tell you why and uh, show you why I'm still the best quarter, one of the best quarterbacks in the league.
0: I am one thousand percent here for for Rogue Rogers' season, just calling whatever fucking place he wants and just <laughs> just literally doing whatever he wants. I I can see that, but that like like I said, like that's just something just like. Something doesn't smell right. Well, so I, th- there, I think it's more, something anything, weird it's in the air. Didn't,
1: well, it's because they didn't do anything to improve this offense. I mean, they added, like you mentioned, AJ Dillon. It's Devontae Adams. What if anything happens to them? We're back to running out Alan Lazard and uh, Marquez Valdez scantling and. Um, Equinemius St. Brown who got hurt last year but I don't know maybe one of these guys does come on and become a, wi- a viable wide receiver too I know he's really talked up Alan Lazard we'll see on on Equinemius St. Brown he was kind of a guy that people were kind of excited about um, pre-drafts and everything well, whenever he came out he was obviously hurt last year um, so I don't know, but the, you're right. There's not a lot to like about this offense outside of Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. They, obviously, Aaron Jones is still there, but yeah, I think that has more to do with it anything. He just kind of leaves a bad taste in people's mouth of versus like he's not really exciting. And I think for people, they look at him and say, well, his ceiling isn't that high or, you know, and stuff like that. However, I mean, Aaron Rodgers for years has been a guy that you could get, what, you were drafting in the second and third round, fourth round, right? His ADP isn't terrible for somebody with with still, I still believe has some upside in him. You know, another year removed from injury, he is somebody that can you know do a little bit with on the ground. He, again, he's not somebody that's going to crush it in terms of rushing yards or anything like that. But he is a he is a decent scrambler. Another year removed from injury, you know, he did play sixteen games last year, or so. I don't know. We'll see with Aaron Rodgers. It's just hard for me to have him. I, I kind of went back and forth. I kind of had him outside of a little bit, like QB thirteen. But I was like, you know what? No, I still think there's enough there. I think he can do enough with it. I think this this entire division. I think they're gonna have to throw the ball a little bit more, and that's why I'm at QB eleven.
0: Are you uh? Are you paying his current price of eight oh seven in drafts? Uh,
1: I honestly don't hate that. Like I said, I still think that he has uh some some pretty significant upside. Um, I probably wouldn't. This is a situation where I would just wait and draft Carson Wentz around later. Who I like more, or I would take a shot at Matt Stafford, who I also like more who are going later than him. So I, that's who I would go with. But I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if his ADP falls a little bit further than that. I think that's pretty much where we're at with it. But the, the last guy I did want to talk about, and it's not, I know where you, your, your quarterback 12 is Josh Allen. I have a much lower than probably most people do. I have him at QB 15. So I guess I'll tell you why I have him at QB 15. Even despite the fact that I do think adding Stefan Diggs, I think definitely helps him. I have still have serious, serious questions with Josh Allen and his his, his, uh, accuracy. He has continued to be that guy. Now, what has saved him, honestly, is the fact that he had 510 rushing yards last year, which was third, nine rushing touchdowns, which I do expect some regression in that number as well. And if that happens, if we get any regression in his rushing numbers, I mean, he's he, despite the fact that he has a cannon for his arm, he was 33rd in deep ball completion percentage last year, uh, but he was eighth in deep ball attempts, but he's just not accurate. And then 34th in clean pocket completion percentage, which is mind blowing to me. 34th whenever you have a clean pocket and completion percentage, like that seems crazy to me for a starting quarterback in the NFL, that when you have a clean pocket that you're only completing 34% of your passes, he's 26 in red zone attempts. So for me, there's a lot of, there's a lot of negatives here. He only had 20 passing touchdowns again, 3000 passing yards. Now, again, I understand you adding Stefan Diggs into the mix plus the Konami code that he carries. So maybe 15th is a little bit low, but he still was only 10th in fantasy points per game with that a 10th of fantasy points per drop back and his 87.7 true passer rating was 19th. So I just don't love Josh Allen. I think that he's very hit or miss. I mean, it's kind of proof is in the pudding. He had seven QB one weeks and eight QB two weeks last year. Very volatile. Again, I do think Stefan Diggs helps and raises offense a little bit, but I don't think it's a game changer for them. I still think they want to lean on the run. And I also think that they want to lean on that defense, which is still one of the best in the league. Not to mention the fact that they also have the 31st, they have. The 31st hardest schedule for quarterbacks Not to mention, he, they have the worst Schedule for weeks 14 through 16 And again, I don't like looking too much at it. I take that with a grain of salt because so many Different things can happen over a course of a season But it is something to kind of monitor a little bit So for that, that's why I have Josh Allen so low, I just think there's Better quarterbacks and quarterbacks that I'd rather have I know Bill's Nation or Bill's Mafia or Whatever they call themselves is going to come come With pitchforks because anytime You talk bad about a, a Buffalo Bill You better be ready because nobody circles the wagon's like the Buffalo Bills, right?
0: Yeah, I man. Like, it's not going to be pretty when you draft him. Like, he—he's someone who, like, typically the guys you have when your fantasy team, like, there's the guys you want to watch, right? You want to put on the game, see how they're doing. Like, do, if you draft Josh Allen, do not do that. <laughs> like, you are not going to like what you see. His his rookie year, six hundred thirty-one rushing yards, eight touchdowns. You talked about uh, last year, five hundred ten rushing yards, nine touchdowns. Uh, can that regress a little bit? Sure. But if with as bad as his, especially his deep passing was, and kind of like that, that's what he's known for is being able to chuck it over them, their mountains. If, if he can just connect on a couple of those, I think that can offset any sort of drop he has with his rushing yards, unless for whatever reason, they just decide to completely cut back on that, which I, I don't see that, uh, Rookie year eighty nine rush attempts and last year one hundred nine rushing attempts. So I still think he's probably going to be around like that one hundred range. Um, the the touchdowns are probably what is going going to regress the most. If something does regress out of the out of the category, I think the the attempts and the yards are going to re- remain relatively stable. Um, like I said, if if he can just hit on a couple of those deep passes, Stefan Diggs definitely helps. But again. He's not the most accurate guy, so I think if if you thought you saw some blowups in Minnesota with Steph Diggs and, and Kirk Cousins, I think we are in for a treat. <laughs> Whenever you know he's five yards away from Josh Allen, and he throws it uh, you know out, out of the out of the stadium.
1: No, 100%. Uh, I am all here for some Steph Diggs just getting in that ass because uh, th- that's what he does. <laughs> he does not put up with it for too long, and eventually he's gonna he is going to explode because they do have some decent weapons. You know, Steph Diggs, John Brown, who is always criminally undervalued, and Cole Beasley in the slot. Like, I think Dawson Knox is a Dawson nice addition. Knox. I don't know. We could see him take a step <clears> forward, <throat> uh, but the dude has just never been accurate unless he's been able to correct no, some of hasn't. that. Um, is my biggest concern with them. But like I said, what what gives him a decent floor every week is the fact that you know that he has that ability to um, pick up yards on the ground. So... I don't know. That's why I have him a little bit lower than some of the other guys that I have ahead of him. I think that that wraps up our, our top 12 quarterbacks uh, discussion. And let's go ahead and just kind of jump into some late round guys that we're kind of looking at. Some of these guys have kind of talked about a little bit, so I don't want to go too far in them, but a the couple of the guys that uh, I don't think we really have had much of a discussion on. So Daniel Jones, I know we've talked about a couple of times. I'm still right here with Dan for Daniel Jones. He played, Again, 13 games last year. It wasn't fantastic. He did have those 18 fumbles, which is fucking ridiculous. Um, <laughs> to be honest, 18 fumbles. Like, how does that happen? But to be honest, with you, I was looking at it. I mean, there's some other quarterbacks that I mean, Carson Wentz had 16 fumbles last year. So I, I don't expect that, but he out of those thirteen games, he had five three hundred yard ga- or three hundred yard passing games. He had twenty four passing touchdowns in thirteen games, which is pretty respectable for a rookie quarterback. Uh, three thousand passing yards. Like we mentioned, he never played a full game with the full complement of his weapons. Getting everybody back healthy. If Sterling Shepard can get over this concussion problem, Darius Slayton taking another step forward, which is a guy that kind of came out of nowhere. Evan Ingram, if, if for whatever reason can stay fucking healthy, which has never been able to do in his career, I think all those things together, coupled with the fact that this defense is going to be really bad, they're going to be playing from behind. So, and also like I mentioned like Daniel Jones, low key was pretty efficient last year as a runner. 40 I mean, he only had 45 carries last year, but he ended up with 279 rushing yards, which was seventh most among all quarterbacks. So, there's a lot of like there in terms of his upside as a runner too. So, I like Daniel Jones. I like where you can get him in drafts and I think he's going to be another guy if Matt Stafford comes off the board, he's going to be the first guy I'm looking for.
0: I currently have him at at seventeen uh, in drafts right now. He is quarterback sixteen at eleven oh seven. For for me, I, I just don't see him as someone. I know he had a he had a, a nice rookie year. I just don't see him as someone who's going to be con- going to be able to consistently elevate. Like if if Shepard goes down again. Like like those concussion, those neck issues are, are real with him. If he goes down again, Evan Ingram can't stay healthy. All of a sudden, again, you're looking at just Golden Tate and Slayton. And as much as you know, we both like Slayton. This is a, a Darius Slayton friendly podcast. I don't I don't look at him as someone who I want to be. Leading my receiving group as like the unquestioned number one every single week, week in week out, without having you know somebody like Shepard or Ingram to take some to take some heat off of him, and let you know maybe unless we see something like a, a Christian McCaffrey esque season for Barkley as a as a pass catcher, which is definitely within his range of outcomes, I think, but between. Anybody in the NFL right now that can do that, I think you're looking at McCaffrey and Barkley, right? Like I don't think there's going to be too many other guys outside of that. But like I said, he's just not someone who who I look at and I think like, okay, he can carry this passing offense and he can elevate the the receiving group around him.
1: Yeah, I see those concerns. Um, but I, I just think overall, I think he's a safe option as a late-round target, especially somebody that, that- – can use his legs as well. And we've talked a lot about how that really can help out a quarterback, especially help his floor. So that's why I like Daniel Jones so much. And I think he has the ability to take another step forward this year. And I think he has that kind of big game ability in him. Uh, we we kind of saw that last year with him where he was really boom or bust, but he obviously wasn't somebody that you drafted. So that's what I like about Daniel Jones. Um, so let's move on from there for, for the next one. Let, let's go with your guy, Big Ben. Um, I mean... The, the dude, I, I don't know if he's going to stay healthy. I don't know what's going to happen yeah. if he doesn't. We'll be looking at, I guess, Mason Rudolph again or something. But um, oh he had him at QB 13. So uh, his uh, expert, expert consists ranking is uh, quarterback 15, and he's going as QB 15 in drafts in the 11th round. What do you like so much about him?
0: I guess this is something we should have uh, we should have mentioned at the outset of this, but we we did these rankings based on where we think they'll finish right so like this isn't necessarily how we would draft them and where we would draft them we did these based on where we think they'll finish um with with him man i think it's just the the fact of you know juju is going to be back healthy if one of those receivers behind him can step up in any way shape or form that's going to be a huge help uh depending on how they use mcfarland i don't i'm not as high on him as you are i don't see him as as a guy that should be viewed as a as a workhorse kind of running back of something. You watch your that, mouth,
1: okay? You watch your dirty little mouth when you talk about Anthony McFarland, okay? I think he could be good as that
0: change of pace receiving back, but not as a 18 to 22 touch running back. But anyway, um, and I, I think the addition of Eric Ebron, the, the Steelers have kind of been searching for – that athletic playmaker at the tight end position for for a while now. They tried Ladarius Green, tried Vance McDonald. Neither of them have really been able to been able to get it done. I think uh that could be something we see Eric Ebron step into and he could be he could be a really nice late tight end kind of target for for drafts. But like I said, man, it's it's just with Juju coming back healthy, Deontay Johnson, although I'm not as high on him as as he's been kind of. Picking up a lot of steam and gaining hype. I I feel like every time I log into uh, Twitter.com, I see something about, you know, got to pump up Deontay Johnson this year. But if if I think the with Juju being healthy, that is just going to help out the rest of that receiving group. And if Big Ben can stay healthy, I think that that defense, we typically don't see defenses Stay as dominant as the Steelers' defense was on a year-to-year basis. We saw the fall off with the Jags a couple of years ago. So if that if that defense falls off, that offensive line is pretty shaky, which obviously doesn't help out Ben at all in terms of his health. If he gets if he gets banged up, it might might be something where the the running game isn't as efficient isn't as efficient as, as you know as we would want it to be. So if he has to th- uh, sling the rock a little bit more. I think he's someone who could be sitting right outside of that the, the QB one conversation by year's end.
1: Yeah, I just don't have any trust in him staying healthy at all. But uh, we'll see. No, do you do you think that they that they should really be the team that's looking at Cam Newton right now?
0: I mean, they they've kind of tried, right? Apparently, they uh, they offered more money to Andy Dalton and offered more money to James Winston, and both of them said no, thank you. I will take less and go somewhere else. So. Uh, <laughs> If, if Ben goes down, I, as a, as a Steeler fan, I just want to see this whole thing go down in flames. I've been rooting for it for a while. And then last year, this defense comes along and plays lights out and it gives everyone that, that little etch of hope of, Hey, look, see what we did with, uh, with duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Now just imagine if big Ben stayed healthy. So if, if big Ben goes down and they can't make a, they can't make a playoff push, I want to see this thing go down in a ball of flames.
1: Yeah. And just see them completely tear it up, rip it all up. Uh, looking at probably James Conner gone next year, which opens the door for Anthony McFarlane to be the lead back. Cause I don't know what you're talking about, but Anthony McFarlane's five, eight, two Oh eight. That is plenty big enough to uh, carry, tote the rock, you know, as a three down back,
0: but it has nothing to do with his size. I I just don't think he's that kind of, he's not someone I would want to give all those touches to. I think he's more, he is more athlete than he is running back.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Guess we'll see. But uh cause he is uh he's gonna be starting. You know, I guess bold <laughs> prediction. He's I uh, I think that he ends a I think he ends up being the uh, league winner this year. I think that's really what I think about Anthony McFarland. So Whew. we'll talk about lot, but I don't want to get to the next. We're not talking about running back. So so yeah, that, that's my concern with him. I have I have big bit at QB seventeen. Now mine one that I can't seem to wrap my head around at all is one Kirk Cousins, right? Don't get it. He's going. I have him at uh, QB 18, which I, I could actually move him up a few more slots, and that would really still feel fine about it. He's going at QB 24. His expert consensus ranking uh, on Fantasy Pros is QB 20. Going in the 14th round, he's always going undrafted. I don't understand this one. Okay. And for a lot of reasons. So, one of the reasons for me is yes, if you look at him last year, he was 16.2 fantasy points per game, but he was ninth in fantasy points per drop back. His 110.6 true passer rating was third in the league. He was 40.4 deep ball completion percentage, which was 10th on only 24 attempts, or 17th and deep ball attempts, excuse me, but they were 24th and pass attempts, thirty six hundred yards, 26 passing touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown last year for him. They had the fifth easiest schedule, However, the one issue that I do have, they did lose Stephon Denks, but they added Justin Jefferson. We we know that this is a very friendly Justin Jefferson podcast. Absolutely love Justin Jefferson, and I think he has the ability to be the best rookie wide receiver this year. Um, and then Adam he Adam Thielen becoming healthy uh, is also being underdrafted, but we'll talk about that. And then Irv Smith, but they lost so much along that defense. They lost Everson Griffin. They lost Linval Joseph. They lost Trey Wayans. They lost Xavier Rhodes. Now they did spend nine draft picks on the defensive side of the ball. They brought in TCU's Jeff Gadney, uh, 31st overall. And then they also addressed the defensive back uh, at, with Mississippi State's Cameron Dantzler in the 89th overall. Right. But nine, nine of their draft picks were spent along the defense, but Unless these guys really pick it up quickly, I think there's going to be some growing pains along this defense. Now, they do still have some other guys like know Hunter, who's an absolute monster. Harrison Smith is still there. But I still think this defense takes a step back from what we typically see. And if that happens, I think we have to throw the ball a little bit more. Coupled in with the fact that we don't know what's going to happen with Dalvin Cook, it's still way too early. I know he said he felt disrespected by the offer they offered him. I don't know what they offered him. I hope he's not hoping for Ezekiel Elliott money. And if he is, I hope the Vikings tell him to... uh to kick rocks because I don't think he's worth that. Uh, I don't think any running back in this day and age is worth that outside of probably Christian McCaffrey and that's just because how versatile he is as a pass catcher. I think he's still to try to get his. I think there is a real chance that he does hold out. We'll see and it's too early to call but if we get to this point and, and if we're to this point, we're in late August and it looks for real that Dalvin Cook is gonna sit out. I think that's only good things for Kirk Cousins. They had the fifth easiest schedule for quarterbacks. So there's a lot to like here with Kirk Cousins, right? Uh I know that the, you know, losing Stefan Diggs is a bit of an issue, but I really like the fact that they added Justin Jefferson. And I think with some of the other options they have, I think this can be a pretty solid offense, along with Kyle Rudolph, who's still there. I like Kirk Cousins a lot. He's almost free. And I think that he is somebody that can uh well pay off that that draft capital.
0: Yeah, he could. The the issue I have with cousins is I just don't see the the weekly ceiling from him, like I think it, I, I think at that point, like it doesn't really matter what like with where you're getting him because he he basically is free right now, there's only one quarterback that is being drafted after him, according to uh fantasy football calculator, and that is Teddy bridgewater at q b twenty five going one spot after him uh Kirk cousins at fourteen o seven who has the same adp somehow some way as as Tua uh in miami and that one doesn't make any sense to me i, I don't understand why two is going going at the same adp as kirk cousins like i said for me it's just that i don't see the ceiling with him i think like where you're drafting him is kind of like what you should be expecting like on a weekly basis i do think he outperforms that adp but like he's just someone who i'd feel a lot better streaming like i think if you take kirk cousins at that point you're just gonna be cycling through quarterbacks week after week, which is obviously a viable strategy. You can definitely get away with doing that. But I think that's the reason why he's going that late is he just he I don't see the uh the the ceiling with him. And there are just a couple other options where I think you might be able to get that that higher volatility, higher range of outcomes outside of Kirk Cousins.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I just think that he is being undervalued. Um depending on what kind of league you're in, but I I would have no problem taking Kirk cousins at the end of a draft. And like you said, um, you can easily stream quarterback. It's a very easy thing to, it's one, one reason why you should take a quarterback late and kind of take a chance on some of these guys, because if, if they don't pan out, you can always uh, find another option. So, and it's not going to kill you whatsoever. So anyways, let's go ahead and move on from there and try to wrap this thing up a little bit. Uh, the next guy on the list that we have here, we have a couple more guys. Uh, I wanted to hit on Ryan Tannehill because both of us, are lower on him than consensus, uh, consensus by a lot. He's, he's right now QB 17 on Fantasy Pro's consensus rankings. We have him at Q, QB. I have him at QB 25. You have him at QB 27. His ADP is QB 22, so it's not as bad, but he's going 13-11. What is your thoughts on Ryan Tannehill? And I'm sure they match up with mine because mine is I think they fall. He regresses A lot this year I don't think that you are going to see the same sort of efficiency that you saw from him last year not even close and so for me I just don't believe in Ryan Tannehill all that much and QB 17 is uh ridiculous to me in terms of I think I would there's just so many other quarterbacks I'd rather have than Ryan Tannehill
0: yep that's exactly it he was on uh, like an almost a, a historic run in terms of his efficiency and, and everything else that he was doing, I like that's, that's just not something that's going to typically carry over with any quarterback. And I'm certainly not going to bank on Ryan Tannehill being able to carry that efficiency over from, from one year to the next. So even if they do have to open up the offense a little bit more, I don't think that's what they want to do. Maybe they have to do it from falling behind in, in games a little bit. But Ryan Tannehill is not the – Not the horse I'm going to tie that buggy to in in order for for carrying my team. So that's why that's why I have him so low is he he was the reason why he performed as well as he did was strictly based off of efficiency. And like I said, that's just not something where I'm going to go into, uh, you know, wanting to draft somebody with that kind of efficiency and just kind of hope that that pans out for for a second year in a row.
1: I completely agree. And I think you look at the weapons. Uh, I do think AJ Brown can, um, you know, he's obviously there, but he's a second round wide receiver or second round, second year wide receiver. I mean, who else do they have? Corey Davis is still there, who's never taken off. Obviously, Johnny Smith, who I'd love, but uh, mm. I just think there's a lot of red flags there with that offense and not something I love. So I, I I will have zero Ryan Tannehill and I would not want to invest in him at all. Let's go ahead and move on. Uh, we have two more guys. I want to talk about mine, which is Nick Foles he's almost going like he's, he's going undrafted. most people aren't even drafting him. Hell, you didn't even draft him look at that, or draft him, rank him. Excuse me. Yeah. You didn't rank Nick Foles. So that's how much disrespect. Now I'm assuming that's because you think that, cause we're waiting to see what's going to happen between him and Mitch Trubisky. I, I would be surprised if Mitch Trubisky started the year as the starter because one, the amount of money that Nick Foles is getting paid. Um, and I think they, they blatantly went out and traded for him for a reason. So um, listen, uh, I think with the weapons that he has there with Alan Robinson, who is an absolute beast with Anthony Miller, I think there's a lot of like there with Tariq Cohen as a pass catcher. I think there's a lot of like there. And I think Nick Foles wins this job. And if he does, I feel like that this is an offense that can really take off. He knows that system with Matt Nagy there. Uh, he was there with him. In Kansas City is the same offense. It's a very similar offense to what Andy Reid runs. Nick Foles was in Kansas City for a year. So he knows this system. So he he's going to be able to come right in, and hit the ground running. There's a lot to like with Nick Foles. And I think his upside is a lot higher than QB 22 when you factor in the weapons that, that he has there. So I do like, um, Nick Foles. And I think that he's somebody, you know, if I was in a 16 team league or something like that, that I would kind of be looking to target.
0: Yeah, I just didn't rank him solely off the off the fact of I just have no idea what how that's gonna shake out with you know, with uh between him and Trubisky. But you're right. If if uh, if I knew right now, if you know Nagy came out and said that, you know, Foles is gonna be our guy going forward for the for the for the year, unless something happened, I would I would also have him around that twenty to twenty-two range where uh where you have him right now talking, you know, I I love the fact that, you know, whenever I've been logging into Twitter the past couple of days, all of the Allen Robinson love, especially coming from uh, from Matt Harmon with everything he does with perception, perception, just talking about how good he's been, especially last year. If uh, if our guy Anthony Miller can stay healthy for, for an entire year, he came on at the end of the year. Like you said, you already mentioned Tariq Cohen and, and, and guys like that. So I do think his upside would be obviously higher than uh, than 22 where where you have him. And uh, he, he's someone I'd be buying into if I knew that he was going to be the guy.
1: Yeah, that's that's why I assume I figured that that had something to do with it. So, like I said, like I, I am ranking him with the with the assumption that he is going to beat out Mitchell Trubisky. So, um, let's hit on our last guy, which I uh, I don't think we have to talk about him too much. I think this has been a pretty uh, heavy Teddy Bridgewater podcast of the last couple of months, where we've hit on quite a bit of time. Correct, but you know, let's. uh it's still surprising to me that that uh, his ADP has not risen higher than it has because he is currently going um QB25 up and pretty much undrafted he's but cuz this is ranking is the same as QB25 that really surprised me you have him at QB19 i think i have him at QB23 he's another guy that i could kind of move up here in that range just because of the fact that we know that they're going to um They're going to want to throw the football, Uh, and their defense is going to be atrocious with everything they lost. Like That defense is a shell of itself. They pretty much lost everything, and so they're going to have to throw the football. Now, I I know that the thought process with Ridgewater, and the same with me, has always been that he's a game manager, but I do think that there's some room here for them to have to throw the ball more, and so we'll see on that, but uh, why don't you tell us why you love Teddy B.
0: Yeah, that one didn't make sense to me either. I thought I would kind of be like level with with how everybody else had him ranked, but I was surprised to see that I was I was as high in terms of consensus compared to uh compared to everybody else. But I the thing is, like I, I do think he's kind of like that game manager, right? Like I'm not expecting him to come in and like all of a sudden just light everything up. But it's the offense with Joe Brady coming in obviously um Matt Rule coming from Baylor that spread offense both of them ran spread offenses and they the 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 weapons that are around him like he's not going to have to go out and do too much like he didn't do anything crazy with the Saints whenever he was on the run that he was on um and i think it's the situation he's kind of been dropped into here as well is he's not he's not going to have to go out and make high difficulty throws. He's not going to have to throw at 15, 20, 30 yards down the field. He's going to be able to get away with throwing, with having like that a dot of, you know, seven to nine yards and just letting DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Robbie Anderson, and uh, and Ian Thomas just do the damage for him. That's going to make his stats look a lot better than what they are. So, and like you said, that that defense was decimated, even though they, they are the first, the first team in the NFL in the, uh, the modern era to spend every single draft pick on defense. (laughs) I don't, I still don't think that's going to, that's going to amount to much unless they have, you know, some kind of crazy, crazy year. But even so we, you know, we talked about that, that division earlier, high octane division. So they're going to have to, they're going to have to throw that around. So that's kind of where I, where I fall on Teddy is I'm, I'm not expecting him to come in and be much more than a game manager, it's just the the offense and the situation that he's been surrounded in that that I'm I'm buying into.
1: No, I agree. I I think that there's a lot of things there that you can look at it and say um, how he could end up uh, working out much, and he's absolutely free. You take a shot on him if he doesn't end up working out, then you move on from him. But all the weapons that are there, like you mentioned, Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, um, Ian Thomas. So there's a lot to like there in terms of weapons as well. So yeah, I think that. Pretty much wraps up the quarterback discussion. Do you have anything else that you want to that you want to talk about?
0: I don't think so. Man, I th- I think we uh I think we covered a bunch of that. Oh, um two guys, tell me how you feel about these two. Uh Gardner Minshew and Jimmy G. Just give me some some quick thoughts on them because they, they were two guys who I, you know, I wasn't exactly sure. Had to rank kind of like two guys where where you know i i had trouble kind of like flip-flopping them back and forth
1: so it's tough right because i think jimmy garoppolo can somebody that could be a little bit higher i think i'm at qb 19 with garoppolo but i just don't think they throw the ball that much i don't think they need to i think their defense is still really good now if their defense takes a step backwards which is possible because i mean from year to year uh there's usually a lot of variance in terms of defense so if that defense does take a step backwards They lost to Forrest Buckner. But, you know, they they added some pieces on that offense. They're adding Brandon Ayuk. Hopefully, it can be more of the number two wide receiver. Um, I do think that him and Debo Samuel are not all that different. I think their skill sets are a little bit different. But uh, I think that neither one of them are like true ex-wide receivers. But, you know, George Kittle is still there. So, there's lots of like in terms of the pass catchers and everything else. But I just don't think they throw the ball enough. I think they still try to run the ball as much as possible. And I don't think they really trust Jimmy G to really put him in that situation. It's hard to really... Um, get behind that but I think that they actually have the best schedule uh, for fantasy quarterbacks this year as well so I don't hate Jimmy G but I'm just not really excited but I don't think he has a very high uh, ceiling and I don't even know if he has a really great floor either so I just think there's a much better options now Gardner Minshew I think is somebody that kind of go over the place I'm not that high on Gardner Minshew I know there's people out there that Minshew mania and are all about it um, I don't hate the weapons that are there. You know, we talked about DJ Chark. I think he is um, a beast. And D.D. Westbrook is still there. Um, but I'm not high on him. There's just so many other quarterbacks that are um, kind of going around him. And so I'm not as high on Gardner Minshew. I have him at QB 27. You have him at QB 23. Um, I'd rather have Phillip Rivers. I'd rather have Teddy Bridgewater. I'd rather have Joe Burrow. Um, I'd rather have Drew Locke. Easily. Um, I already mentioned Kirk Cousins. I would much rather have. So, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of quarterbacks that I'd rather have than Gardner Minshew.
0: Yeah, that that, that makes sense. Like I said, they were just uh, – those are two guys who, you know, kind of looking at some, some later round guys who I've seen also get get the buzz like you were talking about, and, and I just wasn't exactly sure what to do with them.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm out on both of those guys. But So, I don't know. Um, So, anyways, this is a good discussion. I mean, we are mid-June, right? We're not that far away, though, really, to be honest with you, until uh, August. It'll be here very, very quickly. Scott Fishbowl is not that far away. Uh, Draft for that, you know, is a couple of weeks away as well. So, um, yeah. Uh, So, like I said, uh, tune in on Thursday. We are going to be talking about the the tight end rankings, which those are always super exciting, but I think this year we've kind of talked about, it. I think this, the the tight ends, uh a little bit more exciting than what they have been in years past. So sure. it'd be kind of fun to talk about some of those guys. We've talked about some of them already, but we'll kind of go a little bit more in depth on some of them. So, Again, I really appreciate everybody checking out the show. Please hit that like and subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. It really helps us out. It really helps out growing the show. Um, you know, if there's anything you guys want to hear, um, so I, I'm just I'm just gonna throw it out there. You know, I was thinking about this today. Uh, there's a lot of shows out there that are they just kind of regurgitate information that they hear from other places. and Nobody really wants to pull their balls out and set them on the table, right? As, as, as they say, and I feel like we do, we do that. Like, I don't feel like that we uh, follow the, the herd mentality. Um, I try the, my hardest not to follow that and try to watch that kind of stuff because I think that that's what you get caught in. Like you could pretty much watch a lot of, or listen or watch a lot of shows on YouTube or listen to shows on, or listen to podcasts. And you end up finding out that a lot of the information is the same information you just heard on other podcasts. And I think that really annoys the shit out of me. And I feel like people should be more put put themselves out there and not be sheep and and you know if you have a if you have a, a take that, you, that people consider hot. Put it out there, right? Because we all get shit wrong. And I I respect people far more that are willing to just kind of go out there and kind of stand by their take and not be wishy-washy about it. Because at the end of the day, we're doing this, yeah, for entertainment, for people and stuff like that. But we're also trying to help people win championships and try to people win and get people better at this. And that's what we're trying to do. So nobody wants to hear your flimsy take and something that you're not really all that behind. And if if someone were to question you on it, you're going to back off of it completely. So I feel like that's something that we do a really good job of here on this podcast and on this show is uh because i will argue you to death on on any take that i have and that's just what i do um you know i am smart enough if i ever you know feel like that i'm wrong on something i will admit it but i am going to go down with my ship and that's that i think that is a a quality that we are missing in the fantasy community
0: hashtag nuts on the table
1: there we go let's start using that let's make that thing nuts on the table because that's what you gotta do sometimes you gotta drop them out and just let people know you gotta stop being afraid people are so afraid of putting out their goddamn take all the time and it, and it irritates me it's like I, I i respect the hell out of people even if it's crazy now if you're just trying to be super fucking crazy you're like i think dwayne Haskins is gonna be qb1 this year that's stupid right that okay now you're just you're just trying to say some dumb stuff but like if you can support your take and have an opinion on it or if it's against the grain like say like for example, I don't know any anything like like I can tell you like every year there seems to be something like remember remember Lamar Miller hype year when he went to Houston everyone was like oh Lamar Miller is gonna be a top five running back everyone was excited about Lamar Miller yeah uh, Isaiah Crowell with the Browns happened right everybody's excited about it because it, it, what happens is it's the, it's like an echo chamber right and you have like Evan Silva who I greatly respect or JJ Zachary, who I greatly respect you have these like five to ten guys who are kind of the 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 top right. And they say something and it trickles down. And all of a sudden you start seeing all these articles and people push it off as their own original idea. And usually it's not. It's usually somebody else's that, that they've heard on a pod or something else that they've read. And then they just kind of regurgitate it, right? And that's how these things happen where somebody's take gets turned into the the standard and ADP flies up the draft board and everything else. And then when they don't work out, it's kind of like, ha-ha. Just have your own take. Have your own opinion. Don't be afraid to go against the grain. That's all I'm trying to say.
0: I think what happens is... One, I think, like you said, people are afraid to put the takes out there. And then, like, Evan Silva comes around and he says, like, hey, like, I think Calvin Ridley, you know, top 10 wide receiver with Julio. And then you see Calvin Ridley top five. And then you have the people that go, like, above what it's like. Oh, Calvin Ridley is receiver eight. Well, that's not hot enough. Wide receiver three. What do you think about that? I'm going to get even hotter. And, like that, like, that just starts that whole thing of, you know, the, like you said, the the top, the the upper echelon of analysts starting it, and then people coming in, flooding the market with the uh, the same takes, and you have the people that just go overboard with that because, like, well, that wasn't hot enough. Let me let me you know put something else out there.
1: I agree. I agree. So don't be that guy. Don't be that person. So I say all that to say this. Hit that fucking subscribe button and listen to the show. Go over to the, the website. Check that or join the Slack channel. And I guarantee you, you'll win a fucking championship. That's how much I believe in it. At the very least, I can. Well, let me put it this way. I will guarantee you this, that you will make the fucking playoffs. If you listen to this show and you jump into the Slack chat, you talk to us. Believe me, I have no problem with helping. But I've drafted for people before. I have helped people draft. I, I don't. We don't ask for money. None of that stuff. All I ask for is hit that subscribe button and that's it. Um, whether it's through YouTube, whether it's through your podcast, I really appreciate it. Leave a rating and review and jump into our Slack channel. Let's start having some conversations. Let's have some fun. And yeah, so and we're probably going to give some stuff out to give back. So anyways, I really appreciate everybody checking out the show. We will talk to everybody next week. Peace. We hope you enjoy your stay. It's good to have you with us, even if it's just for the day. We hope you enjoy your stay outside the sun.